Hi, um, check your bulk? Same place it always is. Bobby and Lynn are in the back. Thanks. Well, you could say a turn one play. I remember th- sitting in a game and a, we we focused on turn one plays being like, oh, a soul ring. Oh, a, another permanent. Everyone would mm-hmm. focused on that it being a non-land permanent. And then I think it might have been Lenny when we were playing was like, I still have a turn one play. I'm playing a a sulfurous mire tapped. Yeah, you know, I'm playing a, a dual land, but it comes into play tapped. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is a good play. I realized at that point, I'm like, you're right. That is right. Having mana fixing that early on definitely feels good to have that avail- you know availability. It's not it's totally. not something to 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 say you know to scoff at. Right, it's better to play your myriad landscape on turn one tapped when you don't have another turn play. Absolutely. And in that vein, I always suggest those peat bogs, sandstone needles, the Mercadian <gasps> mask depletion lands. Those ones are super great turn one plays because you're going into turn two with you know two mana at least, um, maybe three if you play another land that turn. That can be a real mm-hmm. low cost commander with uh, sticky fingers or something like that. You know, it could be a, a good uh, three cost play. And you're closer in many ways to that four mana that could possibly get you a little bit more to push you up into those powerful enchantments and other abilities. I would totally run this series of lands with the depletion counters. If I want to do the same thing I would do with the soul ring, if I want to turn two commander turn three cast my commander mm-hmm. that's yeah. my favorite scenario with these i did have this in gorex for a while pete bog but because gorex's cmc was so high i can only pete bog into non like gorex things <laughs> i ended right. up cutting it because i'm like i if i'm gonna like have a land that's gonna go away at some point what do i want to do with it uh as a player i just my favorite thing is just casting my commander <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i think it as anything like your that turn i think a lot of times on the commander because this is the commander i might format. put this on guillaume yeah right like the extra colorless mana value in the commander but it is not it is maybe not the right choice when you have a commander that's six or eight excuse me like a high <laughs> mana value commander because you need all that extra mana around perhaps and that's not going to make a big enough dent, right? You're going to want to take actions in between then. So sure, it is a bit of a booster rocket. It gets you into the upper orbit, but it does go away. And I secretly like that a, a little bit about those cards, that they provide that mm-hmm. little boost, and then there is sacrifice related to them. One of the big credence, or one of the big like credos or like or like slogans of CDH is that you are meaningfully impacting the game on turn one. And I, th- I think there's a lot to that. And like the casual version of it is maybe you're not meaningfully impacting the game, but you're like, I like the idea that in casual, you can like start the engines on turn one. You can like get things going. Like in CDH, you're like, you, you want to be threatening on turn one if possible. But in casual, I always want to just be doing something on turn one. It feels really good to the point where I'm going through my decks and I'm seeing like, it's not uncommon for me to have like 15 to 21 drops in a deck. I'm doing, I'm hunting my opening hand for a turn one, tap planes, cast a 1-1 bird. It feels effective. It feels like I'm like already, because Safara says, 
if you tap four flyers, you can cast her discounted for one white mana. So when I cast a turn one, one, one vanilla, just bird, a rust wing falcon or whatever, it's like a soul ring for Safara, which feels really cool. Your deck starts with like almost like a Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. You know, they all just kind of come down one at a time. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, there's like five of them. And it's like, wow, we're dead if we can't take out Safara because everything else is indestructible. I always get to be a problem when I play Safara. I always get to have like a satisfying like, yeah, it's pretty, it's like turn like three or four and my big seven, seven flying commander is here and like, look at everybody. (laughs) It gets me that satisfaction. I think of like a higher power deck with a lower power like essence. (laughs) I would recommend as a one drop, which is the gold hound. It's an artifact creature treasure dog. It's a one, one. It has first strike menace, and you may sacrifice the gold hound to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So you can't. Um, oh, no one says mana pool. Just add mana of any color. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Showing my age there. I let it slip. Uh, gold hound is everything a, like a Florian deck wants, which is like I need a little bit of ramp. I could play a soul ring, which I do anyways. But I'm looking at a way to get a little bit more effectiveness on the battlefield, like some possible extra damage so that when flooring comes into play, I could maybe look at a card or be able to look at four cards, you know, so that feels good. While providing the option to ramp if I miss a drop, I think it's mm-hmm. one of those ones where if you have a, a in the Rakdos life or if you're running anything in a red aggressive aggro, it feels good to have those options, it being a treasure and being a one one there's so many good creature. words on that card there's so many nice yeah. words on it <laughs> yeah that feels and, it and being, a... there are things that specifically synergize with treasure that's very cool mm-hmm. yeah it does definitely has that pushed feeling for a common similar to sticky fingers sticky fingers is great but that's not oh, something you cast yes. on turn one but is a one casting spell and then there's soul ring <laughs> sure Sure. I stopped Reason- fighting it. I stopped fighting the Soul Ring. I just put it in all I my know. decks. That it's reasonable. Some actually, I'm looking at my Yoshi and Timna deck. And because I have so many one and two drops that two colorless mana does not go into, I actually don't run it in this one. But it basically yeah. comes down to, do I have enough spells that have two colorless in the cost? If the answer is yes, I just put the Soul Ring in. I like your assessment. If this deck has a number of two colorless in the mana value of the spell... It makes sense, right, to keep it around. If you've got a lot of colorless in your higher-costing spells, I get it. I know that. It depends on the deck. I was on a stream, and we were joking about how we were, you know, you got to keep it. Don't play it turn one unless you got something to do. <laughs> but otherwise, just hang it. Just hang it. Let it sit in your hand for a moment. And then you can, you know, <laughs> deny plausibility of having soul ring. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, it's become a thing. Like, it's now become the comedy, of course, to... To razz people, I watched uh, the new Shuffle Up and Play series uh, on the Talarian Academy, and Mm -hmm. they were playing what they thought were all the same jank decks of of these one set of rules. Turns out they all had, like, different rules. And I watched Brian and all the players... Well, Brian specifically, I don't think he'd ever built a deck that was, like, $50 before. And Mm -hmm. when he attacked someone or hurt someone, he would just go, this deck is only $50. It was like this... (laughs) 
And I've been there before, which is like when your deck is $40, you can, it's almost like someone handed you the deck, right? It's almost, because you put a financial constraint on it, you can kind of talk, you can talk smack about it. So sometimes, sometimes, you know, you dig Soul Ring out just to, so you have the comedy of the high ground of, of mm-hmm. whatever that high ground is. It's actually the low ground, but it's, you know, you can pretend like you have some sort of high ground about it. Which is sometimes fun. I like that thought. Um, sometimes people are looking for ways to have fun while playing Commander. And it's definitely not always... It's definitely like, by making a play, you get to sort of start talking. You get to start, you know, threatening. Yep. That makes and sense. And people, people then do note those first two plays going like, oh, am I going to play a turn one? And we all <laughs> sort of hope that all four of us have a turn one. And then it's funny when three of us do and one of us doesn't, because then we talk about it and we go like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, it'll get better. <laughs> and it's that early phase of friendship of during the game where no one's sure where, you know, power lies yet. So I think right. turn one plays can be fun like that. Yeah. I like putting the target on my back. Just pretty, just pretty outright. Like when, when an, someone drops a turn one soaring i just see it as like this goalpost, like this like this big like circular goalpost, and i've just got this football and i'm like oh that player over there has got the target let me just like hurl my creatures straight through that hole yeah ding, 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 10 points that's what you get i hit it right straight through that soaring i i, I nailed it <laughs> yeah i think and i want people to, i kind of like i'm like i want like if you do the turn one soaring just embrace it just be like yeah like look at me like i'm putting the spotlight right over here there's a few there's a few uh one drops that are like close to as threatening i don't think anything in casual quite comes to the soaring as far as like bing 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 i'm like the actual target here as far as mm-hmm. the early game goes um but i think the soul warden the essence warden and the soul's attendant these creatures that give you one life when any creature enters the battlefield is another. I have found that if I turn one that my health will consistently be higher than everyone else's in the game. So they will ever, they'll just come for me the whole time until it's like as even as can be. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. Bobby has the most life. I'm on attack Bobby. I'm like, I can't argue with it. (laughs) I don't argue with it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is another one of those turn one, one drop plays that like, puts a target on your back and like it's good to be conscientious of what cards are target me are target me cards because instead of being frustrated by it you can kind of enjoy the experience yeah i think you're absolutely onto something there because uh what we normally will say in a commander game if we can't pick on power like we can't assess power on the board people will then say i will attack you because you have the highest life total and that is mm-hmm. a starting point for sort of the differentiator. You know, some people, I, I attack based on sometimes turn order. So if life totals mm-hmm. are the same, then I'll just attack on whoever got a turn before me uh, as a way to Great say, process. you know, yeah. hey, you've got, you've had an advantage and, and you got to see a card before me. And so I sometimes do that as an option. But I think looking at life totals is. And so, yeah, I could see how a Soul Warden early turn could get you into trouble or early game could get you into trouble. I like I, to, um, in my yeah. Kiyomi deck, I'll do that. I'll drop the Essence Warden and I'll start gaining life. And I like that it makes it, I do really enjoy that it makes it easier for my opponents to make their decisions. <laughs> I feel like somehow life gain, like like breaks down like decision trees that people need to go through and then you just be like most life coming for you 
I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. I, I see what you're saying. Yep. Like by, by doing that, you're giving some people information versus those early turns where in some cases I hold things back, right? Like I will choose not to play. I'm thinking about a few decks that I play and the Caddy Bree deck has a hopeful initiate. And that's something that's a one drop, oh, you yeah. know, for one white. But I don't know. I don't always play the hopeful initiate on turn one. Because right. of its activated ability being such a threat to the board or sort of telegraphing to the board what could be happening. However, I will play Al Seeds of Life's Bounty, which is one uh, a white right. lifelink 1-1, one, one, one sacrifice Al Seed of Life's Bounty. Target creature or enchantment. You control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. That's helpful, right? To get that out means that next turn, it's essentially online if I needed it to protect, I don't know what, but on turn one, turn two, there wouldn't be something. But it would give <laughs> me a chance by, you know, Caddy Breeze on turn uh-huh. two, turn three is maybe an equipment and a sword, and then people start to realize how awful this is going to get in a moment. So then <laughs> it's nice to be able to have that mana ready. Again, it could have been waited. I could have waited with it, but yeah, it's nice. It's nice sometimes. I like to have so many one drops <laughs> that I can have both, that I can have the turn one play and I can not have the turn one play. You mentioned I'll State of Life's Bounty. Like mm-hmm. that's a turn one drop in that same sense in my Yoshimara and Timna deck. I've got Giver of Runes and Mother of Runes. If those are my opening hand, just instant, instant one drops that are going to like probably cause a problem later on. <laughs> one of my latest favorite one drops. And this is when I was considering... The power of Seedborn Muse and thinking about another way in which I could get mana on other people's turns. And Uh I found Urban Burgeoning. It's an enchantment aura and it's an enchant land. And Enchanted Land has untapped this land during each other player's untapped step. Turn one, I, I hit a forest on my side. And what that meant was that I had one mana every you know other turn to activate caddy brie if i wanted so she was always a threat and i you know it was nice was i could i could finish my turn tap out and then ensure that i had another one mana and there's a lot of good one drop you know one costing two costing spells that getting that one little mana felt useful that's so yeah. delicious. You can just give yourself uh, your swords to plowshares to path to exile, re-access. Yeah. yeah. That's so you... good. I, I When you first mentioned the enchantment, I was like, I know this is good, but I don't think I play any decks where like I can like have the utility off turn. But then you mentioned Caddy Bree and how her activation is just one. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so, mm-hmm. that is just brilliant. Urban burgeoning is kind of like a little, it's a taste of Seedborn Muse. It's just like Seedborn Muse sweat, for sure. Are there any other one drops that you want to talk about? Um, I got an easy one. Uh, it's everyone's favorite. You know it. You love it. You've been there before. There's a good chance there's one in your bulk. Uh, my one drop all-star is my Spore Frog. And I will play it on turn one, and I will play it on turn two. I will play it with a book, and I will play it with a shoe. <laughs> I love Spore Frog. Put Spore Frog in your deck today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a frog, you know, it's just a frog. It's just a little guy. There might be there might be hell incarnate on the opposite side of the board. You might have the Rakdos demon from hell and his Eldrazi minions coming at you. And it's just you just you can you can trust the frog, you know? 
The frog is there for you. (laughs) You wrote down Veteran Explorer. I've been running into this card a little bit more often. I love me Veteran Explorer. It it goes very intentionally into the deck where I am trying to set the board on fire a little bit and like and like make things a little wacky. My Gormal Drac deck where I'm trying to like litter the board with salamanders. I was like, I might as well litter the board with lands at the same time. I'll cast turn one veteran explorer, turn one every single time, and just just goad people all games. Like, break my explorer, come attack me, we'll kill it together, and then we can all ramp. <laughs> it yeah. backfires, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, if you were looking at this aggressively, you'd be like, well, the veteran explorer, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a greedy hand with one land in the veteran explorer and then the rest <laughs> is all three mana value and up, you know, and then know that someone's going to smack it or hope to smack it. And good, good chances are, that, you know, it's going to happen. I think the because they greedy... get the land yeah. untapped on their turn. It's too tempting. People did thought they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think it's fine. I think that's, I, I, I like it better than soul ring. If you're going to play soul ring, give everyone yeah. a soul ring. Right. I think <laughs> totally. The Veteran Explorer is a, a fun one because I do like that it gives everybody the mana. My head goes to popcorn all of a sudden. I just, yeah, like, like I want people's decks. That's that, you know, that justification at the end of the night. You're like, wow, we just spent an hour. It's one of the first things people say is, well, we all popped off. You know, we all, like, everyone's at least happy. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we all got to do something. Right. And I think it, any cards that can help bring that about for everybody I think are incredible cards. Cause yeah, we want to, we want to, in a casual setting, it's, you want a bowl of popcorn. <laughs> you don't want to be the fastest current. You don't want to be the fastest kernel to pop. You want, you want everyone else to pop. And so it's a, it's a bowl of popcorn. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't want any corn kernel left too far behind. You know, our com- <laughs> commander, <laughs> commander is making a batch of popcorn. And when you make a batch of popcorn, you gotta you gotta get them all to pop off around the same time, and that's always a good time, right? People always like <laughs> that game tasted good because we all popped off around the same time. We all had a chance to pop because mm-hmm. we all want to be popcorn by the end of the game, <laughs> we right? Do. We yeah, want to be popcorn. You know, because you don't want to cur- be like some kernels are inevitable, but we want to reduce as much as we can the amount yeah. of kernels left. We want to reduce the kernels because, yeah, you don't want to bite into a kernel and crack a tooth and get salty, um, you know, about it. <laughs> Too much kerneling and you're, too, you're cracking teeth and you're getting salty. And that's no mm-hmm. place to be. No, so we want I think, that pop so we can get that crunch. Mm-mm. Yeah, <laughs> right. Check Your Bulk is a Bobby Christine and Lynn Frank production where we share a few of our favorite picks and laughs. Find Bobby Christine on Twitter and Twitch. Find Lynn Frank on Twitter. Customer was Katie Karloff. And the clerk was Bert. Thank you for listening to Check Your Bulk. Bobby Christine and Lynn Frank at B-O-B-B-I-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-X-N-E at L-Y-N-N-V-F-R-A-N-K.